Welcome back to Popping Perfectionism, everyone. You guys, it's been so long. It has just been too long. The longest. But we've been up to a lot. Like, yeah. I feel like we need to catch everyone up to speed. But first of all, we did not miss setting up the equipment for this. <laughs> oh my gosh. If you guys could see the behind the scenes of this process, it's an absolute well, nightmare. Okay. So it actually, it, it is. And it is amazing how little it takes to s- do a podcast. Like, oh yeah. You really don't need a lot, but if you are not technologically skilled <laughs> people. And if, if you're doing it well, on a laptop that I got my freshman year of college. Right. It's 100 years old. And we're doing this on GarageBand. And the version of GarageBand that I got on my laptop when I was a freshman. Yeah. So it's like eight years old. So setting this up is always difficult, but we do it for you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we love you. I've said this so before, and I'll say it again. I never swear more than when I'm using fetching garage bands. You know what? This is actually true. No, it's, yeah, Alicia can attest to it. <laughs> but anyway, since we've last recorded, we did a fireside, like a devotional yeah, we type did. deal covering our last series, series two. And we hope to do a lot more. We learned a lot from that experience. Honestly, all of this has been just a learning experience. But mm-hmm. we've done that. I have been working. Um, the Jazz are in the playoffs. Woo-hoo! And I, <laughs> I mean, I okay, I really probably shouldn't say this. But I don't know if they're going to make it well, out they of lost. first round. They lost last night, no? They lost last night, but they won the game before. Won before so that. actually, okay. there is a shot. So we'll see. But being a jazz fan is just like constantly getting your heart broken. Oh, because they get you so excited and then they let you down. They are the ultimate bro. But that's okay. (laughs) They're the ultimate bro. Let's name them Team Kyle. (laughs) (laughs) Or Derek. Or Derek. (laughs) Zach. (laughs) Chad. Oh, my gosh. No, but I've just been working a lot. um, And dating my cute boyfriend yes tell us about your boyfriend my boyfriend's name is eli it's been a lot of fun we've gone on some trips i have a trip planned going last summer i went to hawaii for a couple months yeah i, th- I think we all remember the hiatus mm-hmm, our mm-hmm. hearts were all torn. it was good but, but, but it was great good for alicia. no great yeah. for alicia but i'm going back which will be really fun and yeah i moved back in with my family what? which comes with pros and cons but the pros definitely outweigh the cons because you don't have to pay rent mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you get a lot of food which uh, is so nice honestly i don't know if i want much more i know out of this life that's all i want so that's been really good been painting my room been doing crossfit which has been a challenge you little athlete. and a half i love it though it's been great i was telling anna like the thing that keeps me out of the gym is not knowing what to do when I get there sometimes and I can't like push myself when I do get there like I struggle Mm -hmm. I just like Mm -hmm. get I still get a good workout but I feel like I don't go as hard as I should and then I mean at CrossFit you have like a trainer with you for every class and you just show up and they tell you what to do like they have a kick a workout for you and you do it with a group and it's just fun like I love it and don't have to think I just show up and it's awesome yeah which is so funny because that's the reason that's what keeps me out of CrossFit is I hate people <laughs> telling me what to do. <laughs> so I can't. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, I like it though. That's why I could not do sports in high school. I tried. I did cross country for two weeks and I said, 
this sucks because well of like because well i mean cross country cross country i'm like well there's not a lot you can do to improve cross country no but uh like the second time the coach was like run faster i was like i will run away from this (laughs) you're like and And bye come back (laughs) yeah i was like we're done there are some coaches that are a little too intense like this one coach came over to like give me a high five and then i went to give my high five back and then he was like, uh, you'll get this when you're done. Ew. I was like, uh, oh, okay. Like, do you really think your high five is what is going to motivate me through these 50 burpees? Like, no. Well, she's just sweating to death and she's like, it's for the high five. For the high five. It's, it's for the high five. <laughs> yeah, absolutely not. So. Oh, that's so awesome. But it's been really great and I've loved it. Good. Um, but yeah, Anna has had a lot going on. I've, yeah, I've been working. I got a promotion, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Negotiated a salary. Negotiated a freaking salary. Uh, yeah, I've been working. Um, I've started doing stand-up comedy. She's killing it. It's really intimidating to tell people that because then they expect you to just be funny all the time. Girl, it's but like you're a real funny. thing. I, I can be. You're hilarious. But I'm not all the time. I just, I, and I feel oh, like when, I, when people are like, you do stand-up, they expect every word out of my mouth to be hilarious. And it's right. just not. Dude, it is. Also, I, if you rewind this, I audibly like gagged at myself because I said you're hilarious. I hate that Wait, I said you that. You said that out loud. Yes, ma'am. I, I'm so sorry. We have this, a brand. This to is maintain. my official resignation. <laughs> yeah. This is popping perfectionism with Anna, <laughs> and Alicia's only Anna does. <laughs> no, but Anna, real, you really are hilarious. I've oh, been to you. a few of her shows, and she just, you know, it's just in you comedy Thank you. like you just i do commend all the people that do stand-up comedy though because it's hard to like stand up in front of a crowd and people are expecting to laugh yeah it's yeah and i think like i feel like sometimes i can be like witty with stuff but you need things to go off of but stand-up yeah. it's like literally just you yeah. so if you all can make it to one of anna's shows i promise she'll crack you up yeah guys come um i did it because i actually with everything else i took a hiatus in mm-hmm. my life uh, I stopped doing all social things, all of them, except for things with Felicia Ooh. and things with my childhood best friend who I've known since I was eight years old. That's it. <laughs> um, and during that time, all the time I usually would have spent doing social stuff, I decided to spend doing stuff I've always wanted to do. And one of those was trying stand up. So I just waltzed into an open mic one night, did my Killed thing. Killed it. And, uh, and then it was fun. And then, yeah. The star then was born. A star was born. Just kidding. No, <laughs> it's just been fun. It's been fun. Um, as far as dating goes you know she's like it's um, rough <laughs> no it hasn't i i just haven't had a lot of motivation to date you know like i really haven't and i know people say that okay people will say that where they're like oh i'm focusing on me and i just don't really want to date they don't like mean it they just say that so it looks like they're in control of them being single you yeah know? like they'll right. just say that because then they're like oh like it's like i'm not single because i like no one wants me yeah. it's literally just because i like don't want anyone else <laughs> like okay it's like i'm choosing this and i'm like no you're not like like, yeah but this is real i mean that when i say that like i genuinely haven't like no i mm, haven't Mm. wanted it like at all at all um is there like maybe some past trauma playing into that probably (laughs) are we working through it yeah um but it really has kind of been nice actually because this is the first time sorry as we're 10 minutes into this we haven't even talked about perfectionism yet but um this is the first time in my life where i haven't felt the need to be with someone that's so good in my entire life 
I always, before this time in my life, I always was looking for the next guy, looking for the next, you know, potential relationship, looking for the next fling. And, like, I'm finally at a spot where, like, I don't really care. Is it healthy? We don't yes. know yet. No, it, it is. And here's why. I just jaded, though? Right. Well, it mm, could Maybe be a mix. Yeah, but my dear therapist, Joe, who I love, when I was going through my divorce, he would remind me that, like, it's in life, you should not need a relationship like you shouldn't Mm. need someone else to be happy or need someone else to be successful or whatever like you should want that and if you are in a relationship where it feels like in need like oh my gosh I need them to breathe I need them to be happy like that's an unhealthy attachment to that thing it's Mm -hmm. not actually love Mm -hmm. it's dependency yeah but when you actually love something like you want that thing like you want it but you don't need it but you want it does that make sense oh totally yeah yeah so it's okay it's good and he would remind Mm -hmm. me too that like the i mean this is going like a little bit churchy but like the purpose of life for me and i think for a lot of people that we could agree on is to become the best version of yourself yeah and for me it's like to become you know more like jesus christ right but to become the best you and you don't have to have a relationship to do that. When you're in a relationship, it can help you naturally become mm-hmm. a better person because you do learn a lot about um, like serving or you learn about your weaknesses or whatever. But like you don't need that to become a better person. True. True, true, true. Yeah. So I'm just validating your feelings <laughs> that you like don't. Thank you. It's good that like you feel like you don't need that because it's you you've let go of like. So your happiness being contingent on something else or something yeah else. and i think so much of it used to be like needing them yeah was a part of it but also i needed them to want me does that make sense mm-hmm. it was like i needed them to want to be with me and now i literally don't care <laughs> feel so much freedom yeah it's so good it's probably healthy and we're talking a lot about relationships right now because this is what our next series is about we're talking about perfectionism and relationships particularly romantic relationships romantic romance is alive and well <laughs> alive or and well. so i've heard <laughs> <laughs> so and you might not think that like perfectionism has a lot of influence in relationships or you might not be sure how it manifests itself but we're here to expose that for you yeah <laughs> because it's very very prevalent uh-huh. uh-huh and i think we're gonna get a lot of similar reactions our last series was um the lds church right and mm-hmm. perfectionism and a lot of the responses we got was oh my gosh i didn't realize this was a thing oh my gosh i didn't right. realize that this played up such a huge part i think we're gonna get a very similar reaction to this series where people will just like you said they're gonna realize wow this is why this happens in my relationship mm-hmm. and perfectionism is gonna be the culprit for a good chunk of it i think Yes. So I we just wanted to remind you all the definition we like to use for perfectionism and then the definition of connectionism, which is the opposite of perfectionism. Mm -hmm. So Brene Brown so beautifully said that perfectionism is the belief that if we do things perfectly or strive to appear perfect, we can minimize or avoid pain, blame, judgment and shame. Perfectionism is a 20-ton shield that we lug around thinking it will protect us when in fact it is the oh well when in fact it is the thing that's really preventing us from being seen. Period. End quote. So relationships are about like being seen, right? Yes. And she talks about how perfectionism is this wall that prevents you 
from doing that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah oh totally and um and again so many people when they think about relationships they don't think because and i think it goes back to you know what people traditionally believe about perfectionism they think it's oh you're particular about things mm-hmm. or you're detail oriented or you're ocd high about achiever stuff. yeah you're high achiever it's like what on earth does that have to do with romantic relationships but no Brene brown teaches us you know those are symptoms of perfectionism that's not what perfectionism is perfectionism is this fear of being truly seen and I think all of us can think back to our most valuable and quality relationships, romantic or not. And I would bet most, if not all of those, are relationships where someone truly saw you and stayed, right? Mm-hmm. And you truly saw them and you and both stayed. chose to be in each other's lives, knowing how each other really were, seeing each other for how you really were. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, yeah, that, that, that plays everything into it, right? Yeah, and perfectionism is just basically like trying to manipulate the way that people see you the way that people perceive you and you can't like necessarily do that if you're allowing all of yourself to be seen because then you let go of that control element Mm -hmm. of like Mm -hmm. I will show them this and I know it's what they will like because I'm only gonna let parts of myself be seen but not the backstage no makeup you know sorry if that's being cheesy but like just the not performative you like the actual Mm. you and that's what's so scary about relationships because then it's like oh but will they like that like will they like that version of me yep and a lot a lot of perfection what two things that go very hand in hand is perfectionism and abandonment issues Mm. because perfectionism is protecting you right that's why that's why our mind works in this way is because it's trying to protect us from things and it does right it does because if you are portraying yourself a certain way then yeah you won't get judged you won't get you know you won't feel ashamed at least not publicly um so with perfectionism and and abandonment issues specifically it's it's you can control how people are gonna perceive you like alicia was saying um but you don't know how they're gonna react to the parts of you that are messy or not put together and perfectionism tries to protect you right so it tries to protect you from the possibility that if someone saw you how you really were that they would not choose to stick around because that hurts Mm -hmm. that hurts a ton and so perfectionism is like well if we just give them our best selves all the time they won't leave us but but again that relationships like that can only go so deep right if you want to talk about a shallow relationship that's a shallow relationship right because I think at the end of the day, like, people don't connect over what they're perfect at. They don't connect over, like, all of the shiny parts of themselves. People connect on a real deep human level over pain, mm-hmm. over blame, over judgment, over whatever it is, which is what perfectionism tries to avoid. Yeah. But that, like, if you think about really strong connections, like, that's what people connect over. Mm-hmm. People, like, rally around over, like, death over war over tears over whatever tragedy tragedy like that's what i feel like connects a lot of our human souls and like pure joy and pure happiness and all of those positive well like light emotions as well but perfectionism is like curated joy yes and cure like yes shiny glamorous like whatever but it's not the real feeling and a lot of people i think think that only dark emotions associate themselves with vulnerability right like what you're just talking mm-hmm. about loss grief shame that those are the only thing that that's the only time when you're vulnerable but you can be just as vulnerable with positive emotions absolutely to yeah. be purely joyful or purely happy means that you're admitting your association to something that might be temporary 
Mm-hmm. And that's that's a possibility for that thing to go away. So you're being you're allowing yourself to be vulnerable because you're showing to other people, you know, I'm I'm feeling good about this happening or this thing or this person, knowing that at some point that thing could disappear and then perfectionism's gonna be like, Oh, you look like an idiot. You know, mm-hmm. you held on to that thing and now it's gone, you know, or or even just admitting that you're that attached to something. Yeah. It's a vulnerability. Well, even if we want to go off of comedy, like what you've been doing, Anna, the other day, like I just had a rough day, like not a great day. And I was sending voice memos to Anna about it. And she, you know, was responding to me. And then she sent one later on and she's like, OK, I don't know if you want to hear this because it's like a really positive thing that's happening in my life. But I just performed in this show and I killed it like I won best set of the night. Da da da, And it actually like when I'm feeling down, I also love hearing other people's wins and successes mm, too mm-hmm. but that could have been like a vulnerable thing to share for you because then it's like I f- I like felt really good about this thing and I don't know if you want to go there with like oh, sharing yeah, a set no, with great. your family too oh yeah, yeah. like mm-hmm. you she <laughs> has this like hilarious bit about sexualizing mental illness and I won't like spoil any of it <laughs> but it's just like it was just so funny she did so well crowd loved it whatever Sends it to your family. And I'm speaking for you at this point. Oh, if you want to take it over. No, go for it. You've got so it. So she sends it to her family. And then. And then. <laughs> all the, Thank you. Wow. Yeah. What an intro. Um, yeah. I sent I send it to my family. I was so jazzed about it. I was like so proud of myself. Mm-hmm. And I was like. Because this is again. This was very early on in my my now two month comedy career. This is like one of the like <laughs> first couple times. Um, and I was like, wow. Like I can't believe I did this good. Send it to my family. And um, one of my family members just sends back like. I don't remember. It was like an emoji or something like, wow, disappointed or something like that. And then another one was like, yeah, that was like a little edgy or whatever. And like, they just like, they just, the, in this moment where I was feeling so happy and like proud of vulnerable. myself and vulnerable, because yeah. not only was I sharing them a happy, like a win in my life, hoping they would match that energy. Also, comedy is very vulnerable. You're performing, right? Performing mm-hmm. anything mm-hmm. that you're not um, super confident in is, is very vulnerable. Vulnerable. And they basically, a lot of them came back and they were like, I'm just really disappointed. Like, I was expecting more from you and for you to act like differently. who have you become who have you become like it, the jokes were like sexual in nature with sexualizing yeah, mental like illness but lightly nothing suggestive, like suggestive yeah, lightly. lightly suggestive yeah <laughs> yes yeah. like family friendly in my eyes but everyone has different like standards of that, everyone yeah. has different opinions or standards or whatever but Anna in a moment of vulnerability shared something that meant a lot to her it wasn't mm-hmm. a dark emotion it was very like positive but it was still vulnerable yeah and anytime you like open up to something that like is important to you in an honest way it allows for other people's opinions to squash it and Mm -hmm. I think where perfectionism comes in is we care so much about the response of like what what is going to be the response to our vulnerability Mm -hmm. because we've attached our worth and our identity to people's responses to us Mm -hmm. to people's reactions to us yes Right. And a lot of what you were talking about earlier where you were like, oh, you know, perfectionism doesn't want to let you see what's behind the scenes. Um, A big part of that is because we aren't comfortable yet with what's behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. And so letting someone like see into that and then having that person either, whether it's a dark or light emotion, not match that with us, not be there with us in empathy, but be there in judgment and be there in shame with us, whatever it is, you know, good or bad. That can be really detrimental, right? Mm-hmm. When your identity is wrapped around what people think about you and react to you and respond to you, like that can be really, really hurtful. Yeah, very hurtful. And we want to remind you of the definition of connectionism. Connectionism. Wow. Ah. That was gorgeous. Thank you. 
<laughs> Anna will now pick up singing. Which you, well, I mean, she already has. She's amazing. Okay. Connectionism is the belief that moments of pain, vulnerability, and uncertainty are opportunities for increased relational intimacy that can only be created by embracing imperfect moments without judgment or shame. Love it. So true connection cannot exist without dropping this shield Renee has talked about and embracing uncertainty of how people respond, Mm -hmm. vulnerability, and potential pain. Yeah. Yep. And, um, and it's using, it's this, and it should be stated that Alicia and I came up with that definition. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Connectionism is a term that we have trademarked, not legally. We should do that. I know. I don't know how. If you're a lawyer and you are listening, can you tell us how to do that? Because we don't want people stealing our ideas. Yeah. Because they're genius. Yeah, because we're academics. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's it's changing this mindset of like, ah, these vulnerable moments or something that like, you know, if they have to happen, they have to happen, but avoid them when you can. And it's actually seeing them as, no, this is something that could increase, uh, you know, what it said in the definition, relational intimacy or opportunities um for progress in your own personal life and in your relationships it's a tool like Mm -hmm. it you know it can be used for that instead of having to be like ah skirted around and and uncertain and like oh we don't want to talk about that it's taboo it it Mm -hmm. can actually be like no we're gonna we're gonna fully you know full send this as the kids say (laughs) and um and like use it yeah and one of my favorite lines in oh also life update i went to a justin bieber concert oh yeah she did and it was a big deal for me. But um, in his song, Lifetime, it's on the Justice album. Have you heard it, Anna? Maybe like once. <gasps> oh. It's oh gorgeous. I have no doubts about that. He has a line in there that just so beautifully portrays connectionism to me. He says, show me the darkest parts of your heart. I'm not go- going to run or I ain't <gasps> going to run. And oh. I love that so much. Like it's oh. showing like... And not only the dark, but the light and, and not running away. And if people run away, that's okay. But I love it, that. it can like hurt you from opening up again in the future. But yeah. anyway, we wanted to just, I know that's a long introduction to the first ha. or to our series. I know, but I think it, I think it's all necessary because oh, we'll, we will dig into how all of this can manifest itself in different ways in relationships whether that's like expectations mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. dating or handling rejection, mm-hmm. handling conflict, mm-hmm. um, being single, being divorced, being married. Like Anna and I have experience in like all of these areas. But they're very different from very each different. So wildly different. Anna, I don't know. Do you want to share? Let's give our dating histories. <laughs> I do ready? before we before we hop into that, I did want to add on to one thing that you'd said about the Justin Bieber yeah. lyric. I really love that you'd said, Alicia, like, it, 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 and if people leave, it's okay, right? Like, show me the darkest parts of your heart. I won't run. And some people, you'll show them that, and they will run. Mm-hmm. And that does hurt. But that also plays into the uh, other perfectionist belief that you have to be liked by everyone, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That's why that's so dangerous for a perfectionist. Because it's there's, there's people, I've talked to people before, but they're like, I don't care if not everyone likes me. And I'm like, how on earth do you live like that like (laughs) and i've gotten better at it but um yeah i struggle with that yeah i struggle with that so much and there's um and and so with with perfectionism it's it's accepting that people aren't not everyone's gonna like you Mm -hmm. and one of my favorite quotes is um why do you expect everyone to like you you don't even like everyone so true isn't that so true but perfectionism muddles that right and it makes you think other things and so just remembering that as people do leave as you show yourself 
the right people will stay and it's not your job to be liked by everyone it's not your job to be the right person to everyone or have everyone be the right person for you you can build your little tribe and you should continue to be continue to cultivate connectionism regardless of the response that you get yes regardless of like outcome Mm -hmm. you should Mm -hmm. still choose to do this and, and make it a practice because it is like a habit oh yeah and it's something that might be more natural and something that joe has also told me if i ever say joe just know it's my therapist freaking like, joe i don't know how many times i've referenced him but we love freaking joe something that he told me is that in romantic relationships we shouldn't focus on the outcome of the thing like mm. are we going to end together are we going to end separated are we going to end like how will this end and instead of focusing on outcome he said to focus on the experience and the knowledge that you're gaining and it helps you helps keep you in that moment and then you can detach from the outcome Mm. because Mm -hmm. a lot of the like maybe connectionism no maybe vulnerability could be like calculated like if i do this how will it affect the outcome oh for sure but instead of just doing it and gaining experience and practice from that thing and knowledge Mm -hmm. because and he said too a good thing is to ask yourself in a romantic relationship like what am i learning about myself from this experience love that and then then it you know emphasizes again the purpose of life being like self-growth but I like that detaching from the outcome of the I thing love that. detach from the outcome of being vulnerable. Like, what will this bring me? Like, what will my reward be? It's like the reward will be that you're more true to yourself mm-hmm. and you can maybe sift through relationships that have the potential to be strong mm-hmm. or we're just practice for being vulnerable. Yeah. And you also get more context on who you are as a person yeah. when you're dating someone. Right. Because you're seeing yourself in situations that you had it before. Mm-hmm. So I really I really love that because especially in good old Utah, so much of relationships is so hyper-focused on that, right? Where it will end up, right? There's so much marriage pressure, right? That's such a cliche yeah. at this point, cause, but it's a cliche for a reason. And it's just, you know, and people are always asking, right? Just like just like with the church culture we've talked about before, where it's like, okay, you got baptized when you're getting priesthood. Okay, you got priesthood when you're going on a mission. Okay, you want a mission. It's that same thing where it's like, okay, you're dating when you're getting engaged. You're engaged when you're getting married. You're married when you have a kid. Yeah. And so, like, it's really hard to not focus on the outcome, I think, everywhere, mm-hmm. probably in the world, but especially in Utah. Great point. Yeah. Anyway, so let's now that Time we're for dating uh, history. half hour in, the best part of the episode. Um, <laughs> yeah. like, speaking of comedy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'll start with mine. Um, and we want to just give you guys like our dating history so you know kind of like where we're coming from. Yeah. Um, and like how we bring different perspectives too because we've yeah. had very different experiences. Very, very different. Yeah. And also just to cue you into the hot gossip. Just kidding. Yeah. It'll be fun. Kind of, yeah. Kind of fun. Um, okay. So my, my dating history. So I, um, if you guys have listened to literally any of our old episodes, you know, I was raised very religiously. I'm still very religious. Just, you know, I've learned to breathe a little bit. (laughs) And part of that is, uh, in high school, I warded off all dating, all any aspect. Well, okay. Like I went on dates, but like, I would not hold hands with anyone. (gasps) I wouldn't cuddle with anyone. (gasps) I would not. Oh, heaven forbid kiss. Like I, would not would not i like had crushes on guys obviously but like i just like wouldn't and it became kind of like a running joke at my high school um and not like in any like huge way but like there was like a group of guys and they all had like a bet about who's gonna get me to kiss them so like i um with no credit to myself specifically swerved a lot 
of moves and it had nothing to do with like me as a person but everything to do with like i was a challenge <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. um and so i was very used to that like growing up where i just was like nope no dating no dating no dating and then i got to college and it was i wanted to date but it was so hard for me to break that mentality because i'd been doing it for so long and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden it was like my parents you know all of a sudden were like get a boyfriend and i'm like what the? Like, uh, mm, mm, i'm uh. like you just told me for four years i couldn't even touch a man i was like what do you mean get a boyfriend and so like it was just very new territory for me um so it took me a really long time for me to get into any kind of like actual dating i didn't have my first kiss till i was 21 oh i know i know i know it was a very big deal um and then uh after that i didn't really it just kind of like physical stuff just kind of freaked me out a little bit as it like you know which is justified because like it's like it was foreign to you it was like so foreign yeah and like obviously like i wanted to kiss guys like i wanted to be but it just like kind of freaked me out a little bit Mm -hmm. and so from there it was still like a very like slow drip into getting into dating um i've actually only this is this is some hot goss right here this is exclusive for our listeners not a lot of people know this about me i've only ever had one official relationship in my life that's okay. And it lasted five days. <laughs> and I called it off. Get it, queen? Um, the guy that I, the, my five-day boyfriend, asked me to be official with him at four in the morning. Oh. And I was like, you know, if I say yes, maybe he'll leave and I can oh, go you're to bed. No, I seriously. Oh, my I was gosh. like, and then I can go to sleep because he won't leave. Oh, and so I did. That's such a good sign. No, and then I woke up the next morning. And I was like, what have I done? And I was like, oh, no. And I was like, I'll write it out. I'll write it out. And I couldn't even last a week. And I was like, I don't want to be with this man. Um, so, so funny. And then since then, sorry, this is, this is lengthy. Amazing. Um, since then I have just really struggled to get into a relationship, not for a lack of wanting to be in one. Right. Mm-hmm. <coughs> I just, uh, you know, it's a combination of things. I've been told I have a bad taste in men. I've been told <laughs> I pick people who are emotionally unavailable. Um, but then I also think perfectionism played a huge part in it too, where Literally, you guys, there was a guy my sophomore year of college. I was absolutely in love with him. Like, I was just in love with him. We were on Institute Council together. um, And I heard him swear once. One time. And I said, I will never date you. And it was hell. He said the word hell. And I literally, because I was such a perfectionist, Mm -hmm. I was like, I deserve better. I'm other oriented. And so a lot, there was a lot playing into it, right? Like, I do, like, tend to fall for guys who are not available. But then at the same time, really good guys are in my life. But I was like, well... You know, since you didn't read your scriptures this morning, we can't be together. Yeah. No, like, but that's kind of like how I thought. So, um, so yeah, so I've had not any official relationships since the five day boy. And, um, since then, just like a lot of flings, um, things, you know, a lot of what we call them affectionately today is situationships, right? Where Mm -hmm. both like everyone knows you're like a thing, but you're not like officially a thing. Yeah. Um, more or less, you know, on varying ends of that spectrum um and yeah i'd say even though i've never been in a relationship i've had my heart broken a couple of times Mm -hmm. i'll say that um and it's all right that's why we're here that's why we're living life is to experience the swells of human emotion yes and one of those is heartbreak um and so it's been it's been very interesting for me a lot and alicia knows this a lot of what i've talked about with my dating life is um I've almost craved having a breakup. Like I've, yeah. I, uh, I'm very, and it sounds psychotic, but I'm very jealous of people who have breakups because I, because anytime anything resembling a relationship in my life has happened, I don't have something concrete to be sad over. Mm-hmm. At least in my mind, you know, like I don't, 
it's like i can't tell people oh we broke up it's like oh things you know didn't happen you know yeah it just fizzled where like in my mind the amount of emotion and trauma and investment that i had with that relationship in my mind was equal to an actual relationship but i didn't have like a breakup to show for it so that's mm-hmm. like played a lot into it and i guess i'm not i mean there's not a direct tie there to perfectionism but like that plays a lot into how i view dating and my framework for dating um and a lot of just my experience with dating with like you know just a relationship never really working out and and you know and it's okay it's okay that that hasn't happened and that no it doesn't have to happen that way right like people don't have to be in and out of relationships all relationships all the time even though I feel like the majority of the people in my life it seems like they are all the time um Mm -hmm. and so and so yeah so it's just been kind of you know that's just been my I've been single for since birth just kidding (laughs) since birth minus five days um so I'm very I am very intimately familiar with being single very very familiar and dating and dating and freaking dating going on dates yeah. yeah so so familiar with that and just so now you know thankfully it's paid off a little bit and very familiar with how perfectionism plays into singlehood into dates into Mm -hmm. dating talking to someone things like that so so yeah that's that's my dating history yeah and thank you for sharing that I love I love how um like different our experiences have been because then I feel like we can relate to so many different people mm-hmm. and bring in so many different perspectives. Mm-hmm. Um, I had my first fling in like sixth grade. Oh, girl, get it. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but really, like I was always like crushing on boys and all that. And like you said, you were too. I feel like everyone, you know, went through that in like junior high and whatever. And um, I had my first relationship when I was like in high school, my first three like two or three first kisses in high school all of that and just always like basically like with guys you know like yeah. I've always been like in some sort of relationship or like situationship that way um went on an LDS mission obviously like wasn't dating anyone ha, except um, for the lord <laughs> yeah Sorry. So I, didn't, I didn't even know how to respond to that i was about to be like you're welcome god like what you're like best relationship <laughs> of your life <laughs> Sorry, I broke up with you. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, I'm screaming. <laughs> Makes me think of God like listening to Olivia Rodrigo thinking about He's just like, like listening I to Deja Vu and he's like <laughs> He's like, I hope he gives you Deja Vu. Oh my gosh. What? Oh gosh. Amazing. Um no. So <laughs> Anyway, so then I met my ex-husband on my mission. So I guess some could, like, what's the word? Suspect that I (laughs) dated on a mission, but I didn't. Ah. So funny because people are like, ooh, you married someone from your mission? Like, did you kiss on your mission? Was it just sexual tension the whole time? Okay. Um, Anyway, get home from our missions. We got home around the same time. and Well, we got home the same day. And then oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, we, wow. Because we were on the same flight together coming oh, home. what? Our tickets were, like, assigned to sit next to each other on the 12-hour. You 12 sat next to each other on the way yeah, home? Yeah, like, the 12-hour flight. Oh, no wonder you fell in love. Yeah, we were, and we were just, like, great friends on our mission. Just yeah. great friends. And he's wow. just a great guy. And so got home, and he just only wanted to date me. But I was like, okay, we just got home. Like, let's, I'm going to date around. And, and he just dated me, just dated me. And I was kind of dating people, whatever. So 
uh, about, let's see, about like nine months maybe after coming home from our missions, we got engaged and then we got married almost a year after we got home and then we were married for three years, got divorced um, and yeah so I, let's see i've been separated from my ex-husband from for over a year now, yeah which is year, isn't that crazy months. that's wild because i remember the day that you were like i think you know yeah, to go so there if you don't want no to, no no. i'm open i remember the day that alicia was like like it's ending we're getting a divorce mm-hmm. and that was that it, it somehow feels like a million years ago but then also feels like yesterday right yeah yeah and and um that and it was in like january maybe yeah. of last year that i was like okay this is like you were going to move out. Yeah. yeah. Like, okay, this is ending, whatever. Um, then in December, so almost a year to like the separation, I am in a relationship and, Woo. um, you know, it's so great. It's like so fun and it just makes me so happy. And like relationships have up and ups and downs though, because now navigating a relationship post-divorce is difficult. Like I'm a mm. different version mm-hmm. of myself mm-hmm. and it's hard too to be, like, you know, in, in a relationship where they, like, haven't experienced that. Like, Eli hasn't been divorced. And and also, I will say, this series, I probably will mention divorce quite a bit because it is about romantic relationships. But one thing I will not do is talk trash on my ex-husband. I just have to say that because I think there is also a misconception with divorce that things were, like, so venomous and vicious and mm-hmm. oh what did he do to you what did you do to him but sometimes it just doesn't work out and like people change yep. and yep. I think one struggle of getting married so young in the church is like people don't know who they are mm-hmm. like they don't know who they are they don't know what they want and mm-hmm. like we wanted different things at the end of the day and when we were not happy and it yeah. didn't work out yeah but I won't like like he's a great guy and I'm so grateful that it ended and I hope we can both have happiness and divorce. I'm grateful for divorce, like so grateful. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I have been maybe one of those people that's in and out of relationships <laughs> a lot. And like, um, you know, after I got divorced, like dated for a while, dated like a few people and it was just like dating was kind of exhausting. But I, I would think mm-hmm. Anna like brings more experience in the dating realm that way of like, you know, but I have had like relation, like deeper, rela- not yeah. deeper, but just well, like no, yeah. re- relationships, oh, right? Sure. And like yeah, obviously yeah. a marriage, <laughs> like yeah. it's a huge deal. Just, you know, small, small thing. Yeah, no. And I think like one thing maybe we could touch on, Anna, is like the insecurities that we have in relationships because of perfectionism. Oh, heck yeah. And one thing that has been hard for me in relationships is like, will I be like enough for this person Mm -hmm. like is the is the true me like going to be enough Mm -hmm. and perfectionism tells you that you have to be like you have to wear all of the hats you have to be perfect in every way like you have to be beautiful and you have to be funny and you have to be smart and you have to be caring and sweet and adventurous and fit and like whatever you have to like do it all and you and you have to make this person happy yes and that for me is like the hardest thing it's like I I cannot make someone else happy and that's also not my job like Mm -hmm. my job is to just find happiness and that way like I'll invite people that make me happy yeah and I'll welcome people that make me happy and 
um will that bring happiness to me because it's also not their job to make me happy anyway so it's just this like control element um being enough is really scary for me and then um yeah just like justin bieber said like showing the darkest (laughs) parts of my heart and trusting that someone won't leave me Mm -hmm. because on the deepest level of commitment being like marriage like we showed the darkest parts of ourselves and didn't want it you know what mm, I'm saying? Yep, like, yeah. So it's it's been that before, yep. and that's hard. That's well, really yeah, hard. Because if that's all that, you know, that's that's the that's the track record your brain's operating from. Mm-hmm. You know how else yeah. are you supposed to view relationships? You know, right? Yeah, totally. Um, I think my one of my biggest insecurities is something we already kind of touched on, but similar to the to the Justin Bieber lyric. Wow, who knew we'd quote him so much in this episode? <laughs> Love that man. Um, but just. The, the parts that I don't like about myself, trusting that someone else will see those and not leave. Yeah. Like, that is so hard for me because, I mean, we're all like this. We're all acutely, painfully, intimately aware of the things about us that kind of suck. Yeah, right? totally. Oh, and yeah. so, um, I actually, my brother the other day reached out to me, um, sorry, my, my sibling, not that you can narrow down, I have five siblings, but <laughs> <laughs> he, he reached out to me the other day and he just was, you know, he was like, I don't know why, you know, like dating so hard and like, like he's like a good looking kid. Like yeah. he's, he's a, he is like a catch like for, and I'm just saying it cause I'm a sister and I'm like related to him. Like he just is, he's a cute kid, athletic, smart, everything. And he, j- he also, he j- also just struggles to get in relationships. And, um, and I, I explained to him, um, a big part of this actually, which I'm just remembering now that I'm bringing this up with perfectionism is I, while I was in school, I was on scholarship and I was working and I still took out student loans. And for my family, financials is like a big thing. Like it's a big trigger mm. for a lot of us. My dad was a teacher growing up. So like yeah. we just grew up pretty poor. Um, I'm and sure you're not alone there. That's yeah. Weird. Oh yeah. Relatable across the board, I'm sure. And um, a lot of that. And anytime my parents talked about finances, they always talked about student loans, student loans, we're paying back student loans. And so student loans terrified me. And I, I remember I took them out, not even for anything crazy. Um, and this is probably too much detail anyway, but no. just like, it was just for, I don't know. I think, I think it literally was something as innocent as I just wanted to buy my siblings Christmas presents. Dang. I think it's what it was. And so I was like, I'll just get a loan now and then, you know, give them a, like a really cool Christmas and then I'll just, you know, pay back later and whatever. And then I think I just started taking loans out as like a safety net. And then of course, you know, if there's money in your bank account, you're going to, okay, maybe not everyone. If there's money in my bank account, I'm going to spend it. Right. Oh, yeah. And so. Anyway, that was a lot of detail, but essentially for a long time, uh, I was so ashamed that I had student loans and it doesn't seem like a big thing, but in my mind, it was so traumatic. I couldn't even talk about it to anyone. In my mind, I had this huge black mark on my person, like on my soul, essentially. Like that's how I viewed it. Wow. No, like I seriously thought, and, and I was so, I would, it would keep me up at night. Literally. I would not be able to sleep thinking about the day that I would have to tell someone that I was dating, that I had student loan debt. Oh my gosh. Like it was that deep for me. Yeah, it was that deep for me. And so I brought that up to my brother because my brother, um, he, I mean, we all have things like that, right? We all have things, yeah. you know, the dark parts of our hearts. And he brought up a few of these things. And I was like, you know, maybe, maybe the reason that you sabotage these relationships is because you don't feel worthy of them or because you want to be with someone who has just as much or the same darkness as you, because mm-hmm. then it's easier for you to accept your own. Cause that's how mm-hmm. I was. I seriously was like, I'm going to have to find someone who has just as much or more debt than me. So I feel better about how much debt I have. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And so, and we do that all the that's time, interesting. right? All mm-hmm. of these character debts that we have, I think subconsciously when you're, you're operating from mm-hmm. perfectionism, you're looking for someone who can match that same amount of debt. 
so then you don't look as much or of a even burden. exceed it or then it's like it. oh at least i'm Better. not that bad <laughs> yeah no seriously it's right. like such an ego thing and like we want to we want to protect ourselves from having to admit that and um and if you can find someone in the same boat or in a m- boat that's sinking even more than yours then you're gonna feel okay about yourself and it's again back to that whole accepting the behind the scenes of yourself and not just sitting around hoping you find someone who's behind the scenes is messier than yours mm-hmm. but being able to just accept it on your own anyway that was yeah. long-winded insecurity of no, mine but I, that was one for a while and i've had a lot of similar things like that. i love that and i think too so another one that's hard for me is like perfectionist perfectionists often get like a lot of praise because we're good at being little chameleons in mm-hmm. showing the best parts of ourselves, right and something I would hear a lot is like oh that person is so lucky to be with you like they're so lucky to have you they're so like da 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 or like oh you're so perfect like mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. and <laughs> that literally sounds so dumb me being like people say I'm perfect all the time <laughs> but like one thing that's hard is when you obviously you're not no one is obviously I am not but then it's like oh but people think that like what if they knew actually me like Mm -hmm. or what if they knew the parts that like make me very very not perfect yep and it's just like the risk of having that like perfect alicia shattered because that's not real yep you know yep so that is very scary and one one show i've been watching a lot lately is rupaul's drag race oh heck yeah and um one thing that rupaul says is we're all born naked and the rest is drag Oh, shut up. I love that. I love it. Are you joking? Because people like, (sighs) you know, drag queens obviously have a drag queen character and they get on stage and they perform and they have whatever. But it's like a stage character. Wow. And I love that because if you think about that, like we are all in, you know, like, quote unquote, drag queens because Uh we have a persona that we play as like on stage. And we're all we're all born the same. Like we're all born naked and everything else is just drag. Wow, I freaking love that. Isn't that so good? That's golden. Yeah. yeah. So it's just like I guess what can be scary is like, well, are people loving like the stage me or like the me mm-hmm. me? Mm-hmm. And I think some this is a dumb analogy for this, but this maybe will help contextualize it. Um it'd be I, I'm assuming it'd be very similar. I'm not a man, okay, but I know that men have this like and women did it to them, right? Where they feel like they have to be six feet tall, right? That's like a whole like <laughs> meme about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it, to contextualize it, it'd be very similar to a guy, you know, going out in the world and he has some kind of like, I don't know, like platforms or something stuffed in his shoes or something, you know, to make him look six feet tall. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh my gosh, you're so hot because you're six feet tall. And he's like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And then when he goes home, he takes the shoes off and he knows he's not six feet tall. That's yeah. like very similar, I think, to both of our experiences because- and again, what Alicia was saying, when people are like, oh my gosh, you guys are so perfect. That is that is no credit to who we are as people, but no. credit to the facade that we have <laughs> built for people to see. Like, that's mm-hmm. all that that's complimenting, right? right. And so, uh, it's just it's just so interesting. Cause, and that could be like anything. Like, like it could be like, you know, wearing like a push-up bra. Like, mm-hmm. if we want to, you know? Right. Where it makes you look a certain way and people compliment it. And they're like, oh, wow, you know, look at her. Then or like putting home. on makeup that like looks really natural. So, it looks like you're not. Yes. But it's like... <laughs> You know you are. You know. <laughs> Come on, girl. I know I got that acne. Yeah, like, <laughs> I know I got those blackheads. I have been getting the strangest spell of adult acne, by the it's way. because I had her try a new skincare line. Literally, I've never had, like, 
one thing I've been so grateful for. Thank you, mommy, for the skin. I've never had like bad skin, but I've been getting acne. Like what the heck? Anyway, sorry. That was just a tangent about makeup. Alicia has breakouts now because of me, you guys, because I had to try this new skincare line that I really have loved. It's worked great for me. I'm I did it. I caused it. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's okay. Um I can't remember what we were saying though. Makeup. We were talking about makeup and how makeup basically anything. Kind of just what RuPaul okay. was saying, right? Anything right, that you right. add to yourself, like it's not really you, right? That's not really you. Our clothes are not really us, our nail polish is not really us. Our spray tans. <laughs> I don't know. But like that's not, you know, and, and that of course those are all like physical material things and it you know, we do that with everything, right? We put up emotional ma- we put on emotional makeup. Mm-hmm. put on mental makeup right and i think like all of that like physical stuff is fine it's just like as long as you love yourself without all those things yes and one other thing rupaul says is if you can't love yourself how in the hell are you gonna love somebody else that's so great i love rupaul which with romantic relationships is that's true. exactly what it is and another uh piece of perfectionism that i don't think a lot of people talk about and i don't even know if we've ta- touched on it a ton is with perfectionism, you're not just shielding who you really are from other people. You're shielding who you really are from yourself, too. Cause yeah, because it's rejecting, I guess, like mm-hmm. not allowing you to be that person. Yeah. Because it's like that you're telling yourself like that version of you isn't good enough. Yep. Exactly. So Sorry. we're just playing. Prete- no, no, that was perfect. <laughs> we're just playing pretend until when? Who kn- Until it, it shatters, until it breaks, until we can't do it anymore. Yeah. And then that's a. That's a really sad moment. You and I have both been there. Mm-hmm. Necessary, but a really sad moment. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. So this is the intro. It's going to be a great series, I think. And I hope you can just like see that the, the different perspectives that Anna and I bring mm-hmm. in on this. Mm-hmm. And I think it would be fun to get more like, I know we've mentioned this in the past, but like interaction with listeners, maybe like stories, maybe an Ooh. advice column. I Ooh. don't know. Um, or just a thoughts column, like I'm worthy to give advice. I don't know. <laughs> um, but with our experiences, like maybe we are. And even if it's not advice, like we hear you, whether it's through heartbreaks and mm-hmm. breakups and divorce or lack of breakups and lack mm-hmm. of relationships mm-hmm. and single life, like we've got you covered. And, and I think it's going to blow your mind how much perfectionism really like infects relationships. You yeah. Know? Yeah, because that's that's what it is. That's what it does. Yes. Um, we don't really have any takeaways today. No, just welcome, welcome back. Just welcome, freaking back, you guys. Buckle We're happy down. to be here. Yeah, we hope this is uh, gonna give you a lot of good uh, little gems and yeah. nuggets. Keep giving us some reviews and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. stars, stars, rate, rate us some stars. <laughs> oh my gosh, classic, classic me. Anyway, thank you so much for coming back. My name's Alicia. My name's Anna, and this is, is Popping Perfectionism. Perfectionism.